Josh Williams, everybody, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number seven for Wednesday, June 28th, 2017. Thanks so much for listening, guys, as always. Can't believe we're seven episodes in. Nine, technically, if you count the two bonus episodes I've been giving you guys. I spoil you, you know. Um, I had a couple of bonus episodes last month. The most recent actually just came out last Friday. It was an episode with Absolute Comedy owner Jason Lawrence, and it was actually a nice, uh, nice long chat we had. Uh, Jason's been a friend and, uh, you know, he's my my agent and a bit of a comedy mentor. He's tapering off a bit lately, let's be honest, uh, coming out from under the master. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's been very well received, that episode. Uh, a lot of people listening. I got a lot of new listeners, a lot of new international listeners. I've talked in the podcast before about the, uh, the, the listener who's in Australia. That person hasn't downloaded the last few episodes. The, the numbers in Australia have shot, stopped, but uh, but U.S. numbers have shot right up. Um, my Asia numbers, um, what have I got? I got, I got a new one in Hong Kong, uh, China's blown up and holy shit. Am I big in Japan? Let me tell you right now. I went, uh, I think like Hong Kong, Japan and China were all like one downloaded in nowhere. And I'm like, oh, something's really, uh, it's interesting that they've <laughs> have cracked that market. And then like overnight China and, and Japan. So it's either a few people poking away at it or, one person who just loves it and downloaded all nine in Japan. That would be great if someone was just like, I just love this guy so much. I would say it in the way that I think they probably sound if they were saying it in English, but that would upset people. So I'm not going to. So just imagine a Japanese person excitedly saying in English, I love this guy so much. I just want to hear more of him. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a long day. I hope it doesn't come across in the podcast. I've started recording these, you know, a day... I usually do them on Tuesday, uh, have them ready for you right at midnight on Wednesday so that you wake up and it's there on your uh, your device or, or it's ready for you first thing. No delays caused that way. Um, sometimes they even do it a couple days before, so there's some room to dick around. But I uh, had it ready to go this morning and I've had a busy day. A lot of things uh, happen, just, just regular work stuff. A few things I'll talk about today. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. I had a great show for the RCMP last week, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. If anyone doesn't know, they are also, they're like Canada's version of the FBI, right? They're the feds. And, uh, and they argued it at first, and then they're like, no, actually, we, we are the FBI for the most part. CSIS is our CIA. And we're learning all sorts of different acronyms and stuff right now. But yeah, I did a show for them on Thursday night, which was amazing. I'll talk to you guys about that a little bit later on. I uh, My brother reached out to me this week and warned me <laughs> about the content that I chose to talk about last week. I'll tell you guys about that. And, uh, and my dad doesn't trust the cloud, as he puts it, which is what it's called, but just the cloud. Uh, and has to reference 1984 all the time. So we'll talk to you guys about that a little bit later on. Uh, more about the Halifax trip with the lady. So we got some things to talk about today. Uh, how my weight loss is going. <laughs> that's not going to be a fun one to talk about. But uh, that stuff's coming up right now. So yeah, thank you uh, for listening to the previous episode, guys. Uh, previous episodes, I should say. And thank you to the international listeners for listening to this. I hope you understand what I'm saying when you're listening. Um, so why don't I start by, by talking about the RCMP show? I did a show last year, uh, for the, this is the RCMP headquarters. So this wasn't like a gala or something at a hotel. I had to send in my driver's license and fill out, you know, government forms and stuff because we were going to the headquarters, uh, in Ottawa for the RCMP. 
And so we, we filled out our forms, um, sent those in. Last year, I performed with, uh, with Paul Verzi and Rick Curry, two phenomenal comedians, Paul uh, in the States, of course, and host of the Verzi Effect podcast. And uh, Rick Curry, who lives half the time in Ottawa, half the time in Toronto, He's a writer for the Rick Mercer Report. So needless to say, it was a great show right to go, right from the get-go. Um, I did a show, uh, I sorry, I did that show with them last year. They had such a great time. Um, and what happened was, I guess on Valentine's Day, one of the uh, the organizers of that show just happened to be at, at Absolute Comedy, and I was hosting uh, the show there that night. And uh, and she saw me, she uh well, the, the funny story, I'm trying to think of how to put it. She saw me, she loved the performance, and I guess I gave them my number to contact me again because they had some questions about the ride-sharing service last year uh, that I was working for. So I gave them my number if they ever had any questions or wanted to know anything. And uh, and then she saw me way later in uh, you know on Valentine's Day. And so I'm with the girlfriend later that week, and this is what happens. This is how I got booked for this RCMP show. I, uh, I should have pulled up the text message exactly, but I was just saying goodnight to Crystal, getting ready to leave, and my phone goes off with a, uh, a number that I don't have stored in my phone, so I don't know who it is. And the message was very cryptic. It was like, hey, Josh, uh, you know, give me, give me a minute of your time, and I swear I'll make it worth your while. I don't know where the, the, like the Sharon Stone-esque tone came from, but the idea was like, it, was a little, it wasn't like, hey, give me a minute of your time and make it worth your while. That seems, that seems like business transactionary, uh, if that's a word. So I, I was kind of like, all right, well, no, no, it was, it was more like, ah, for fuck's sakes, you're gonna have to wait for the first time ever. I'm going to have to pull up reference material on my goddamn podcast. Do, 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 squeep, squeep, squeep. Just trying to make some noise here. I really should pause it, but I've never had to do that before. This is going to take, well, what if I search, I can search by, by number. I'm going to give you guys some fucking tips here. You can go into your thing. Oh, here we go. Hey, I fucking found it. Okay. So this was the message I got. Thanks for bearing with me for that 30 seconds of me humming and hon. So I get this message from an 819 number, which is which is Quebec, right? And uh, it says, hi, Josh, in need of a happy ending. Are you going to be the man to fulfill my wish? Question mark. Let me know when you have a minute. I'll make it worth your while. I get this text message while I'm saying goodnight to my girlfriend, <laughs> all right, my phone pops up. She's like, who is it? I go, I, I don't I don't know. So I, I just sent back a question mark. I'm like, ah, uh, right? Because I'm, I'm going to be in, in shit right away. I assumed at least. I was like, ah, uh, this looks sketchy as fuck. So I get a text message back, got your attention, exclamation point. And then after that, okay, shits and giggles aside, my name is blank blank. Uh, and I work for the RCMP. You came to our location in uh, Barhaven last June for an event fire alarm ring a bell uh, that was really funny i can tell you guys about that uh and i was wondering if you had a few minutes to chat so all in all i called that person to find out you know because at, at first it was looking real guilty so what i did was uh i called and i found out that it was one of the organizers from the rcmp show saw me on uh, valentine's day had a good time and wanted to uh wanted to book me again for the show so i spoke to them we booked the show last year when paul was there the fire alarm went off in the middle of our performance they had taped up paper on the ceiling over their fluorescent lights because they couldn't shut them all off for the show it was so funny this the paper was falling from the ceiling the alarm was playing the whole like well a vast majority of the show it didn't it wasn't loud enough to actually affect the show it was a little distracting but but it could have been worse it wasn't like a school fire alarm well oh, excuse me um and uh my chest is a little tight today i got i got uh i'll get back to the story but i gotta tell you guys there's a there's a bit of a a story I'm going to share with you at the end of the podcast because uh, nothing else is going to work if I tell this story too, too early. Um, so a little footnote there. But uh, 
Anywho, the the show this year at the RCMP, we went, and, and, and I, I got to say, like, I was pulling up to the front gate, because last year I pulled up the front gate, I just showed them my ID, and I was already on a list on the inside. It was relatively easy to get in. This year, as soon as I got to the front gate, I told them my name, and the guy's like, I'm just going to need you to pull left into this parking lot over here. And immediately I thought I was going to get, like, you know, like the rubber glove treatment kind of thing, like I was getting pulled into a side room, <laughs> you know, at the airport. And so... I, I was like, oh, okay, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i sorry, I'm here for the show, I really am, I should be on a list. Pull me over there, I walk up the front gate, and then I had to go into this little, it's very difficult to describe, but I had to go past the first security checkpoint in this parking lot into another security like checkpoint room thing where there was a woman standing behind a bunch of glass. She did not have my name on the list, um, and apparently they didn't have the other people's names on the list either the other comedians so all this paperwork we sent in was like for fucking nothing but uh standing there finally she lets me through and apparently all i had to do was say oh i'm one of the comedians here's my name and they took my id and my phone but i'm like well i could have been full of shit you know what i mean like here's my phone here's my id if i'm a you know if i'm gonna cause any ruckus i guess i don't really need those things to do it but anyway so i've got this giant spotlight with me they didn't scan it or anything <laughs> so i had my phone and my license and yeah, yeah, just going in with all this crazy equipment. So we uh, we went in, went to the room. Uh, they have this really cool like mess hall or whatever. But uh, I, I got to tell you, I was it was so much fun. I got there. They were excited to see me. Um, I've done a lot of shows in my career, and I've had a lot of people excited to come see me. Um, but the idea that this event was, like I said, a for like the headquarters of of you know the RCMP, the fact that they all requested me by name. To, to see me like I said when uh, when the organizer saw me again on Valentine's Day she's like that was so funny I didn't hear you tell any of the same jokes twice you know we've been talking about you since last year so I was I was super excited and, and honored that they they wanted me to perform but at the same time I'm like uh, this is this is still a big deal like and I hope that I, I I'm able to you know follow up last year's performance with another one and um Oh, it was great. They they gave us uh, Summersby, sponsor of the One Man Podcast. Uh, they had uh, they had an open open bar for us there. I drank Summersby because I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I had an opportunity. Like I, I went on stage when they when they announced that I would be headlining the show at the beginning of the show. The crowd got excited. When they said my name to bring me up, they they went nuts. And I I thought that was. I can't tell you guys what that feels like. Like I said, I mean, I've done shows before where the applause after my performance once I've earned it. Um, feels amazing. Really it is. Um, but the idea that they are there to see me, you know what I mean? It's not like, Hey, they're here, they're there to see a show. And then they just liked who they saw. The idea that they knew that I was coming, they requested me, they were excited to see me. And then when they said my name, I, I gotta be honest with you. Like, I, I don't know that a room of family members would give me that kind of reception. So I was, I was very, very honored. Um, I managed to, I told some some just some stories of things that have happened recently, um, and uh, and they loved it. They were so they were they were interacting with me too. Like I was asking questions to the audience, and people at different tables were like yelling out answers and, and talking with me, and it was so fun. It was so interactive, and we stayed for such a long time afterwards. Just them them talking to me more about more and more. Um, you know, I was discussing the the Halifax trip I have with the girlfriend coming up, um, which I'll talk with you guys about shortly. May as well transition from one to the other. But I was telling them about this. Um, they were making suggestions, things like that. It was, I, I, I got to tell you, I mean, even a bunch of them were like, hey, what's this podcast thing? How do we listen? I'm sitting there helping them subscribe to the podcast. So it was, um, I, I hope I'm not going on too long about this RCMP show. But in terms of like how nerve wracking it was, they took my phone too. They took my phone and my ID. And I was on stage telling them that like the girlfriend and I were having a bit of a, a fight. 
wasn't crazy, but we were having an argument before the show and I was pulling up to the front of the RCMP and I'm like, I got to go. I'll call you back in five minutes. And then they took my phone, which I didn't realize. So I was on stage telling them, I'm like, I just had an argument with a girlfriend. And I told them, or I told her I would call her back in five minutes. And you guys took my phone. So I have no idea what I'm going back to when I call her. I go, oh, thank God I'm just behind all this security safe with you guys right now. Because it could be that. And I was, of course, kidding. Um, but it was just, I had so much fun. I chatted with them about the Halifax trip. They made a bunch of suggestions. And, uh, and the reason I, I, I had so much fun is, like I said, just those people, a lot of them were there to see me, which is such an honor. Uh, and, of course, for the organization, we had some fun uh, afterwards. But anyways, so that was a great part of last week. I got to be honest. One of, the, one of the highlights of my career so far has been that. Um, and, and I look forward to more. I love doing stand-up. I love, you know, when people come to see me and whatnot and, uh, and to have such a big event like that request me specifically uh, was great. So thanks for, for listening to me chatter on about that. Um, really thank you so much to, uh, to the RCMP members who are listening to this. I, I really appreciated you guys, uh, having me out. Thank you so much. Um, and as I mentioned, I was talking to them about, uh, my Halifax trip. I told some, some, you know, some jokes and some stories about everything going on with that. Um, I told you guys too, that the, the lady and I are going to Halifax. That's happening, uh, next week. We are leaving after, I guess, episode number eight, the day after that, you guys uh, will be on the road to Halifax. Um, we spent some time this last week. Uh, looking over the different places and things like that to go. I told a friend of mine uh, that I was going to Halifax and he asked if we were doing the Cabot Trail. And I don't know if any of you guys know what that is. I certainly didn't. The way he presented it to me was that it was one of the top 10 most beautiful places in the world to see. And he said, not like in Canada or whatever, but in the world. So I was, I was really intrigued, but then I looked at it and it was nowhere fucking near Halifax. And to put it in perspective, I mean, it's it's close enough. It's doable. If you're already putting in the 15 hours to drive to Halifax, which we are, it's reasonably close enough that, sure, why not tack it on? The only thing is, it's three and a half, four hours away from Halifax drive. So... I mean, I, I appreciate him making this suggestion. And again, you tell me I'm going to see one of the top 10 most beautiful things in the world. Obviously, I want to do it. Problem is, is it's so fucking far. So it's going to take four hours to get there. Then driving around the Cabot Trail. You're basically driving along like a coastal highway that you see the ocean and things like that around. And it takes you like, I, that's one of the things I was asking the RCMP. I said, how long does it take to drive around this thing? And they said, one person said two hours, three, you know, two and a half hours. One person's like five hours. I'm like, okay, there's got to be, it can't be that fucking different. So I, I got it. It was about three, three, three and a half hours. I got them from stage to agree amongst themselves. <laughs> Give me a fucking number that you guys can all agree on. And they went with three and a half. So th four hours there, three and a half hours around it, four hours back. Which I thought was fucking, you know, again, it's a lot of time. We're looking forward to doing it, but I think it was a dumb suggestion for my... I wish he hadn't said anything, because then I could have planned a whole day in Halifax. We could have taken it easy, right? Walk around, see stuff. Instead, we're we're getting there to our Airbnb. We're going to wake up, do breakfast, jump in the ocean, then jump back in the car and drive for another whole day, right? And then we have a whole day driving back. So I just think it's dumb, right? Like, how do you suggest somebody go see something that's four hours away? Like, if I had people who were coming to visit Ottawa, and they're like, oh, we're going to see Ottawa. I'm like, oh, really? While you're here, are you going to see Toronto? Cause that's fucking four hours away. Like it's ridiculous. That's a completely different city. You know what I mean? I like I just don't get it. You know, are you going to Kingston? Really? Are you going to see Montreal while you're there? That's no four fucking hours away. Anyways, 
we're doing it. We're going to see it. We're also going to, so the, the way we've got it planned is we're going to leave the one day drive. If we leave and we lose an hour too, so we actually did the math. We drop off the, the littlest kiddo, uh, right at seven o'clock in the morning. We drive all fucking day, lose an hour and get there at midnight at our Airbnb, which is the cutoff time of our host to actually pick up our keys. So we get there at midnight, uh, sleep, wake up early the next day. We're going to wake up super, super early because we want to see sunrise at the, the ocean. So we're going to do that, uh, come back, have breakfast, maybe dick around, see the the town a little bit. Uh, a good friend of mine who is a podcast listener, uh, one man podcast listener, uh, Matthew in Halifax works at a beautiful restaurant. We, we took a look at it online. Uh, I'll, I'll plug them after the trip. Let's see how good everything is. <laughs> uh, but a good friend of mine, Matthew works at this place, suggested it. We looked at their menu looks outstanding. So we're going to go have that for lunch. And then I think after lunch, we got to get in the car and head to the Cabot Trail so that we arrive there sometime around four or five, just in time for the sun to start going down. Then we drive around this thing, which is three and a half hours, beautiful coast. We take pictures. Uh, you know, there's places to stop and grab a little bit of food around dinner time. Um, and then we head back. We don't know what time we're going to get back. So we're not really planning anything for the evening. Um, if we get back in time and we still got a little bit of energy, Maybe we'll go have some drinks on the harbor, whatever, see what it looks like at night. I think it's going to look absolutely outstanding. And then finally, um, the next day, we get up, pack our shit, uh, and we are going to have a Halifax Donaire. Um, that's not the brand, just apparently Donaires are very different out there. Uh, there's a place in Ottawa that the owner used to fly in the Donaire meat, and apparently there they don't do Donaires like garlicky and whatnot. They had the, gar- the, the Donaires are actually sweet. So we're going to uh, King of Donaire there. It's been recommended. Uh, to us, so we're going to go to King of Donaire in Halifax and have Halifax Donaires. Those are they're open super early on the uh, the Saturday, so uh, we're going to go. Yeah, have uh, have some Donaires pack. Maybe I'll probably get one for the morning, one for the road, uh, and then drive uh, drive home. So that's going to be the trip that I have coming up next week. It's going to be three days of sixteen plus hours in the car. It's going to be great to spend that time with my girl, but. Uh, but it's my ass is going to be so sore. My back, like my joints. I'm going to need a few days to just rest. I'm stretching now, just just knowing how I'm going to feel at the end of that trip. But you know, uh, definitely looking for suggestions from you guys. If there's something quick, you know, or something that we should do, see or try, uh, would love that suggestion. I think we are doing Fisherman's Cove on this second day too. I apologize for omitting that. I think we're going to go to the Fisherman's Cove and just take some pictures, grab the dinners, and fuck off uh, on the way home. So uh, we're, we're really looking forward to the trip. It's going to be a lot of fun. If anybody has any suggestions in fucking Halifax, I swear to God, if you email me and tell me of something that's four hours away, I'm going to, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry and I'm probably just going to jump in the ocean when I get there. No more driving. Um, but yeah, you guys know where to send them, right? Any suggestions or anything? Contact at one man I would love to hear about that. Uh, last weekend too, I barbecued in the rain, right? I'm loving my barbecue. Uh, we just we had uh, like sort of like a little bit of a family celebration for the uh, for the little man. He's got uh, his birthday, thirteenth birthday, officially a teenager, coming up tomorrow, which is actually today when the podcast launches. So his birthday is uh, nowish, and uh, we had a birthday barbecue for him. Got a big cake, and we spent the whole day, you know, getting last minute preps, getting all the family together, everything like that. And when I finally walked outside to barbecue, it started raining, and uh, God bless Crystal's brother. Brad, <laughs> because he stood there and held an umbrella for me while I was flipping, you know, flipping and basing burgers and hot dogs and trying to keep buns dry and crisp them on the, on the thing. 
I was wearing a white t-shirt and I was totally soaked. Uh, not trying to cock tease you, but uh, yeah, I was freezing. It was cold. It was wet. And uh, and still, I nursed my summer's bee. Because <laughs> I love barbecue my summer. I'm telling you right now, you guys probably think that they are paying me a ton of money uh, to just mention them every two seconds. But I'm telling you, I love that stuff. I'll, I'll do their promo in a little bit. But I'm I'm sitting here sipping on one right now. That's my thing, man. i got to pour one for the podcast. Oh, sweet, sweet summer's bee. Um, so yeah, barbecued in the rain. And then I sat around in the wet shirt for like 20 minutes afterwards. They wanted to eat my fucking food while it was hot. Um, but I remember that was that was just a fun day. And everyone was just saying, how did you get so... I, I wish we'd taken pictures. It was just that I was like soaking wet. I looked like I, I jumped in a pool and then stood there. It was uh, it was it was funny. I had a good time with that. Um, what else do I do? What else is going on with me? Like it's been kind of a weird, a weird week. Um, the weight loss clearly not going well. I've been to the gym zero times since the last episode, which is embarrassing. Um, I have been doing better. I'm not gonna lie. I have been doing better in terms of. Um, like consumption, I'm not drinking a bunch of double doubles every day. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not overdoing it with, with quantities. However, the barbecue day, I'm not going to lie. I had, uh, had a couple burgs and a dog, you know, birthday cake, summer's bee, you know, it is what it is on those special occasions. I think even people who are doing pretty good, you know, you tie one on, uh, food wise on days like that. So I'm, I'm going to forgive myself a little bit in that regard, but um, so things are doing better. I don't know if I gave you guys a weigh in on the previous episode. I didn't check the notes before the show, but I weigh 316 pounds. Um, now that was the weigh in I took today. Uh, it was after meal. So <laughs> any saving grace, oh, maybe I lost a pound in the last week, but this week, uh, at risk of sounding very excusey, I did do a lot of, uh, of running around errands. I had to get p- police checked for my stupid rideshare job. I had to get a police check, go down and do that. I had to go down to the office and get my app fixed. I had to go get the car checked for, um, what do you call it, like safety. So there was a lot of running around last week, and uh, and I had some some show stuff come up and whatnot. So um, it was it, it believe it or not, it was actually difficult to just stop everything and then go to the gym for for two hours. I don't mean be at the gym for two hours, but you know half an hour there, half an hour back, an hour while there. Um, I did not have uh, I did not have a time that I was comfortable to just stop everything and do that. So I, I apologize to everyone who's behind me. Uh, the whole reason for doing this on the podcast is to tell you guys, hey, this fat fuck is gonna gonna really give it a try. And of course, you know, after uh, after a week or so of being like, hey, I'm not going to the gym, I imagine someone's gonna call me on my shit. And I know that just myself, if if week after week I keep reporting back with zero progress, it's gonna uh, it's gonna you know it's gonna be a little embar- well, it's gonna be a lot embarrassing, and it's gonna really encourage me to to have some better results for you guys. So, yeah. Anyways, thanks for thanks for all the support. You know, when I first announced that, and uh, and I'm gonna get back to it. I apologize; it's just things have been a little bit busy. Um, I had some friends too that sent me uh, some connections on how to you know find like a family doctor, or whatever. Turns out I'm ineligible for that shit because somebody has my medical file. I'm registered with a family doctor, so I have I don't know what that is, and I guess I have to call them to figure that out. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a thing. What else we got going on here? I could tell you, oh yeah, I, I, I talked last week about the LGBTTIQQ2SA, I think I remember that, LGBTTIQQ2SA, yeah, and, um, and my brother messaged me and he was like, because I think I, I, I joked, I wasn't trying to be, you know, 
and sensitive. But I joked at the end about how like, you know, if you if you're in Saudi Arabia and you're you're a woman and you get a sex change. Now I don't imagine that's a very lucrative business there. Um, but I'm like, if you get a sex change, do do they respect it? Like, will they, you know, say, okay, you can vote and you don't have to wear a burqa or hijab or, or niqab or any, or any of that stuff anymore. Um, and it was more inquisitive. I wasn't trying to be funny because I don't really think it's funny, to be honest with you. If you guys heard the other stories I told, I don't think that, that people being denied who they are is, is, is funny at all. Um, I'm sure there's, you know, like... I, I, Point being is my brother messaged me, goes, hey, man, be careful about what you say because, you know, you're you're white privileged and, you know, you're a white male and you're dead. And I was like, holy fuck. I don't think he was coming at me. I think he was he was trying to say that, like, people are looking for excuses to come at comedians now. And that's nothing new. So I, I found it. Uh, I was. It was a grateful, you know, I, I don't. I, yeah, it was nice that my brother's like looking out for me. But at the same time, I'm like. Well, fuck that. If somebody really, really wants to come at me like I'm a piece of shit because I said that if a woman in Saudi Arabia has a sex change, it would be it would be interesting to me to see how that would work out in terms of like you catch them on their fucking technicality. Like, oh, you're a woman. You got to dress this way. Hey, I'm a man now. You you. OK. All right, then. I'm like, again, would they respect that or would they just, you know, lose their minds? And fucking do what what I understand to be the tradition over there, which is to kill people who don't abide by the rules. I, I read something too about North Korea this week about how I saw a, a video on Facebook because that's the only place I get news anymore, right? That's where we all get news. Hey, what's going on in the world? Well, let me just wake up, jump on my phone before I even have my morning pee and see what's going on in the world, right? Feel like you're, you're getting something done before you even get out of bed. Well, I saw this, this girl in North Korea was talking about how like, people in North Korea will get murdered if they like watch a movie. You know what I mean? If they're caught with like a movie or something like that, I guess like on their hard drives or something on their phone or whatever. But the whole idea is like, they're so, so not free over there. They get, like she, this, this little, uh, you know, Korean girl, they were trying, her and her mother were trying to escape to, to China. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she saw her mother get raped in exchange for someone not turning them in or something like that. And, you know, just the, the, the insane, like there's, there's as much as people here want to be like, Hey, you can't say that. There's parts of the world that are fucked up. And I mean, just the, like you, you think you have rights, you know? Oh, I have right. You don't, we don't. And that's, you know, we're so lucky here. You know what I mean? And I can't believe anybody who's really so gung ho about like, you know, someone telling a joke or telling a story. Like for me, I'm curious, you know, places where, where one gender gets this or one sexuality gets that. Um, I think, I mean, I, I think that's wrong to, to segregate people like that, but, uh, I, 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 I think there's way worse shit happening. And especially like, like, uh, you know, people say everyone comes at comedians so you can't fucking joke about that. I, I really, I'm starting to believe more and more, and I might talk about this more on another podcast, but I'm starting to believe more and more that people process things differently and they do. We already know that's true. All right. It's not like that's a big revelation, but I know that myself, like when shit happens, I don't, I don't not, I don't think that it's funny. Like I don't, I don't discredit it. You know, I don't sweep it around or, or, or dismiss it as, ah, oh, that's not a thing who cares. But for me to see something so tragic, like my fucking brain can't handle it. Like I get, so I can get, I'll, I'll I'm a very empathetic person. And I, I, I like, I, it scares me. You guys have heard of me talk about my own fears. And so joking about things, trying to find light in it is, is not, I think that comedians don't do that because we're like, oh, fuck this thing. 
it's like that that humor comes from a place like how do I make this palpable for my myself to process it you know what I mean like just staring at the tragic aspect of it I, like I can't even fathom it my my brain will not process the information so you gotta like it's like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down you know what I'm saying does that make any fucking sense you got to take something and put a little bit of positive or or levity on it just so that you can pass it into your brain to process it like that's a fucking thing that happened comedians don't necessarily think that like it's not we're not saying everything is funny like how do we hurt you because it happened it's like for us to process it we have to see it in humor like some people cry to process things to feel to, to process the pain you know and i think that that's just comedians are people that that have this method of processing pain in a humorous way but we're still like, oh you can't fucking do it. like it's so funny how accepting we are of conditions and and, you know, different mental conditions. I'm not saying we have a mental condition, but hey, fuck, maybe we do. Maybe it's a way that our brains process something. You know what I mean? And if you're like, ah, you can't ever find something fine. Well, then we just got all the shit sitting around in our head that we can never process. We can never talk about, right? Because everyone's like, it's inappropriate. It's not funny. You can't talk about shit that way. And then what happens? You end up hanging in your fucking closet because you got all the shit in your brain that you weren't allowed to process, Right. Everyone's like, how did Robin Williams get so sad? Well, the guy was super funny. Maybe that meant he had a lot of fucking shit he was trying to process. Eventually it got, you know, accepted, you know, but, but anyways, that's my thing. Like if you, if you're the kind of person that when you hear somebody make a joke in a negative time, and I'm not trying to say like there's, there are still times and places, but for the fact that I, I, I've had something, like I said, again, I'll talk about it later in the show, but something really fucked up happened last week. And when my friend was telling me, I didn't, I didn't vocalize what I was thinking, but my brain had humorous thoughts about it. I wasn't laughing. No part of me felt like laughing, but, but my brain processed what was going on with little one-liners and humor and things like that. Now, if I had said them, that would have hurt somebody. And that's not what I was going for. That's not ever our intention. It's just sometimes you process, you know, you, you process, you process things this way. I sound like a Yugoslavian lady from Dutch or Holland. Uh, different, different places. Um, but anyways, yeah. So all that yakety yak shit aside, I'm sorry, guys, it's been a bit of a fucked up week having that conversation, my brother having conversations with other people about, about fucking humor and and whatnot. And then, and then today I had a, (laughs) I had a, I was doing some running around. I get some stuff ready for, um, an interview I'm doing tomorrow. And then I get this message from my, my mom at like, uh, the middle of the afternoon saying your dad's phone is fucked up whatever it is i i look at it my my the the screen is like super enlarged on his tiny little iphone so um i go and i go to his house to to fix it and here's the thing my dad has had an ipad and an iphone for a long time he's now like a facebook junkie like everybody else you know posts online shares the political stuff that he's outraged with um just like everybody else you know but he refuses, absolutely refuses to update his his uh, IO, iOS software. Ah, sweet, sweet summer's me. Um, yeah, absolutely refuses to update his software. His reason behind it is, well, I I heard, I read this thing. It's a common known fact. People like to say that shit too, even if it isn't a common known fact and even if it's not true and they have no leg to stand on. Oh, it's a common known fact. It's actually a lot of people. I, it's a real thing. Uh, that uh, if you update your phones, the iPhones have built-in obsolescence in them. They're they're automatically designed to fail and stop working. And 
I uh, I used to work for Bell. I was trained on Apple phones from Apple themselves, Apple Masters and whatnot. And a lot of people think that your phone is designed to be obsolete. That's not the case. Um, what I've learned about the the phones is that everything is cutting edge. So in order for, for Apple to stay ahead, right? Because all their phones are the same for the most part. A few hardware differences, but the idea with Apple is you pick up an iPhone 4, an iPhone 7, an iPhone 6, 5, whatever it is, they all have the same operating system on them and it doesn't matter which one it is, you're gonna pick it up and know how to use it. Versus other cell phones where you have to relearn them every single new one. Could be the same manufacturer, but you have to relearn it every time because they're different. Apple made things simple by making them all the same. So regardless of what one you pick up, it's the same operating system on each one. And that's that's iPads and, and uh, iPhones and uh, what do you call it, iPods as well. So there's a lot of, the, the whole idea is to keep everything working the same. But in order for that same operating system to be cutting edge on the latest device, it has to stay up, you know, updated on the older devices. And they're not, they're like older computers. They don't run as fast. And so every time you update it, it's not that you're, you're building in an obsolescence to the old ones. It's that they, they are designed to be, to work with cutting edge, the, the fastest chips that they have, everything like that. So the old ones can still do it, but then you start to see them slow down over time. Also, these the app developers are designing the apps to work with the newest version of the software, which means if you don't update your apps and things like that, yeah, they'll start working slower because all of those developers have to keep their apps up to date with the software. The whole idea now that technology changes so fast that if you're the application or the uh, you know, technology, like the phone itself, the hardware, and you're not the most cutting edge, everyone's going to buy the newest shit. So the idea is that, yeah, if you've had an iPhone that's, you know, five, six years old, yeah, it's going to stop working. A lot of people are like, oh, it's those updates. The more and more updates I get, my phone stops working. It's like, yeah, you can not update your phone and use the older software, but guess what? The apps are all updated for the newest version of the software. So you could stay with the old, the old software on your phone, but your apps are going to stop working because they need to be updated. You know, you go to open the app and it'll say you need an update. And then you update it and it says the app is designed to work with this version of the software. So you think, oh, well, now I can update my software, but I'm not doing that. going to break my phone. So anyways, yakety yak. This could be, I'm so sorry if this is the worst podcast ever. Me bragging about my RCMP show, the back to the Saudi Arabian shit. I didn't really have a big week. Barbecuing in the rain. It's been a, it's been a fucking slow week, guys. I'm really stretching this. <laughs> it's happened. These are my thoughts this week. This is what I've been dealing with. But just getting back to the phone, the whole idea is that your phone is designed to be kept up. It's not it's not the company fucking you over trying to make your phone not work for you. It's that you have to stay cutting edge. You have to update your fucking phone. Or yeah, it's not going to work. So the thing was my dad's phone stopped working like a year or two ago. Or sorry, it didn't stop working. It was running a lot slower because he's got he hasn't updated the the phone in like a year and a half. You know, I think that's such a funny concept, too, because it's like, you know, I'm not going to update my phone because they're going to make my phone not work in five years. I'm like, well, it's not fucking working now, you know, or it's or it's, it's running slower now. You're worried about it running slower in, in three, four years, like they're building in the, the slowdown shit. It's not slow down now. You sure showed them by fucking yourself over three years earlier. You know what I mean? Anyways, I get people don't know technology and whatnot, and all you need is someone to say, you know why it really does it? Because the government or the fucking evil corporation, it's like, yeah. Yeah, or or that corporation wants to keep making billions of dollars and probably isn't going to get, even if they were doing it, let's say theoretically they were, you think they're going to get fucking caught? They're going to have fucking Billy Tinfoil hat out in the middle of the fucking mountains going, oh, I found what Apple did. Apple done fucking, I built in the goddamn, I'll tell you one thing. It's like, dude, you don't even have fucking teeth. You're going to tell me how fucking the biggest, biggest technology company in the world 
you know, I could be wrong on that fact. But, you know, Apple's Apple's doing pretty good. They were the number one traded stock for some time. I think it's Google now. But the point being is I'm pretty sure, you know, the conspiracy theorists who are out there going, but while they run around with their fucking Motorola razors, <laughs> my phone still works. I got think getting my information. Dude, what fucking information do you have they're going to take? Right. So I uh, I'm, I'm trying to convince him for the longest time to let me update it. So I hear the other day he updates his phone and that's why he ends up in the situation that is this thing. Update. So I all I did was do a hard reset on his phone. Right. Hold the, the, the circle button and the fucking power button. Hold them till it restarts. Phone goes back to normal. Right. And then I started to talk to him about how like, yeah, I, I understand it's frustrating and everything like that. But I go, you just you do the updates. It's going to work. And you go, it's just still back to the whole. I don't want to do that. I tried to get him to. He was saying that he turned off iCloud on his phone because it kept telling him that that his online storage or his cloud storage was full. And I was like, well, yeah, it's, yeah, they give you five gigs for free, you know, and if, if it backs up your phone, you're right. Like if you tell it to back up your phone, you've got more than five gigs in your phone. It's going to tell you that you're full and it's trying to help you. It's trying to back your phone up for you and you've run out of space. And that's what those notifications are. It's like, hey, we can't we can't protect all your information because, you know, your cloud storage is full. So I, I told him I, I spend five bucks a month. I fucking have 200 gigs in the cloud. I got everything on my computer, right? Everything on my computer, everything on my phone, everything on my iPad, it's all up in the cloud. So that if I smash, I actually had to do that last year too. Um, I had, uh, I had an issue with my computer and I thought that someone had installed, uh, you know, a key logger or whatever. Don't really know what the issue is. And I'm not going to go into what that is. But the point is I, I felt like something had been compromised on my computer. And since I couldn't find what it was, I just factory reset it. And because all my shit was on the cloud, Right. Not the software or anything, but just my files and everything was all in the cloud. I was able to restart my computer, put in my Apple ID and password, and my whole computer loaded all of its stuff back onto it. All of the files, everything. I lost nothing. And I didn't have to restore anything. I just put the shit from the, the cloud back on my on my computer. So that was huge for me. But I know a lot of people, and myself included, who are like the idea of the cloud. You're like, oh, putting all your stuff up there. Why would you give them all your stuff? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Maybe because... When it comes to who's looking after it, me or the billion dollar corporation, I go, I'm pretty sure they're going to do a better job of looking after it than I am. You know what I mean? Like if you're like, oh, I'm going to carry it myself. Like, I mean, I've had my car broken into and my laptop stolen before. I'm like, well, there goes all my stuff, right? Like people have this notion. I know some people it's, it's a back and forth thing. I know people who, you know, want privacy and everything like that are like, how could you, how could you think like that? You're the reason that everything's going bad. I get that. Maybe, or I don't really have anything that that's fuck that, that that's that that fucking secret. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm not doing anything that no one can see. I don't have fucking child pornography on my computer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have, I don't have fucking secret poetry to the Pope or something. Like I really don't know. I, I've never been a private person, so I'm trying to be respectful of the fact that I don't care if people know. I, I'll tell you guys the most embarrassing shit in my fucking life. Like I don't care. You know what I mean? And some people are like, well, that's the problem. Okay, well, maybe the problem is that I don't care. So you're telling me my problem is I should care? I should want privacy? You know, I'm not running down the street naked, but I don't have naked pictures of myself on my computer. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't have, I don't walk around naked in front of my webcam if they're logging into it. Like, the, what a lot of you guys, you guys, I start, I'm coming at all of you now. What a lot of people don't realize is they already have access to your shit. Okay. If you've ever downloaded anything or shared anything or put anything on your computer, they can access it. I don't know who they is, but they can, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you think that you have privacy now, you don't, your phone calls, everything is monitored over the network. Okay. The only thing they can't see is through your fucking 
camera if you're not covering it. But how many people have their phone sitting somewhere and they cover the camera on their phone? That shit's, you know, you know, they say they can or they can or whatever. But the idea is that your, your shit, if somebody wants it bad enough, they can get it. And so for me, the risk of someone accessing my private information on the cloud versus uh, how easy it makes my life in terms of I can, if someone calls me and asks me for something that's on my computer, I can access it from my phone. I can be out and about and send something. I don't have to be like, hey, I'll send it to you, you know, when I get home tonight or whatever, because I'm going to fucking forget one or B, if it's urgent enough, I don't have time to get back home first. Right. I'm going to have to stop what I'm doing and, and go do it. Um, you know, first world problems. But uh, the fact of the matter is it makes my life infinitely easier. And in terms of what I'm risking, someone finding my shit again, it's already vulnerable, even being on my computer. Putting it on the cloud doesn't change anything. Now, I'm probably, like I said, pissing off some people. Hey, contact at One Man Podcast. Tell me, or .com, of course, contact at One Man Podcast uh, for, for the email address. Tell me if I'm wrong about uh, about this. But my perspective is I would much rather have my shit easily accessible, like my, my pictures and everything like that, because I'm not that private. I'm not putting pictures of my dick out in the world or anything like that. Um, if you feel like you need to, I need pictures of my dick and I need no, I need no one to see it. Like, well... I, I don't know. Fuck. Maybe it's going a little off the rails, but, um, the fact of the matter is I don't need the, the, the privacy. Right. And like I said, they can already get it. Make no mistake, guys. The, the internet, the, the government, the fucking anonymous, the Illuminati, whoever it is, they can see your shit if they want to. Mm-mm. They can see how much I love the sweet taste of summer's bee, whatever they want. Right. So why not make your life a little fucking easier and uh, and put it up in the cloud? You know, I can tell you this right now. When I worked for Telus and Bell, I had a lot more people getting pissed off because they smashed their phone and had no backup. than I did people running in and going, oh, my God, government got my goddamn dick pics. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just in terms of what I saw now, maybe I had the advantage of, of being in that situation. But I'll tell you right now, guys. You know, if you're worried about like, ugh, just fucking talking in circles, you know what? You get it. You fucking get it. You're either scared of the government and you got all your fucking pedophile pics on your phone yourself, right? Or you go, eh, Apple, you take care of it. It's, think of it like a storage locker for your shit. You're either a fucking hoarder yourself drowning in your own crap. And if your house gets caught on fire, you're going to lose it all or Put it in storage a little bit and hope that the fucking night watchman isn't isn't peeking through your fucking lingerie boxes. That's really the way I look at it. All right. And I'm comfortable with not having that shit in a vulnerable position. You know, if he wants to go in there and jerk off once in a while, let him do it. I don't give a fuck. If there's no, uh, you know, no signs of it. If I don't know what's happening. Right. Ignorance is bliss. And I definitely make no uh, denials about how fucking ignorant I am. So. Thanks for listening to that. Uh, if my parents ever start listening to my podcast again, they might be upset. But the point is, is that my dad does not trust the cloud. Sounds like a, <laughs> a scary thing. Uh, tell me what you guys think. You know what I mean? I'm going to drive for 16 hours for three days straight. I don't give a fuck who's looking at my shit. I'm just going to have a sore back when I get back. See if I can lose some weight on this Halifax trip. Eh? I talk about eating donairs and I'm going to eat here. I'm going to eat here. I'm going to eat here. And I'm going to sit in the car and just drive. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of exercise in that fucking trip. Um, yeah. Why don't we take a second and, uh, you know, and plug the sponsors, right guys. They're, uh, they're, they're kind enough to take care of this one man podcast thing. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Uh, it is uh, it is Canada Day coming up at the end of the weekend. I'm uh, I'm super excited, and uh, you know, it, in honor of uh, in honor of Canada Day, I've got a special uh, special edition. Uh, special. It's the same as every other edition. It's uh, Uncle John's bathroom readers, guys. Yes, my my partners at PortablePress.com. Uh, I have picked a special special edition. Uh, of the book, not an edition of the read, of course, called Weird Canada in honor of Canada Day. And uh, I was flipping through this book. I, I don't normally go nuts about the particular books themselves, but this book is, is I find, particularly funny. I, I was, another thing I was doing this afternoon trying to get ready for the podcast is I could not pick which article I wanted to read because some of them were like one pagers, but they were so funny. Um, and then, you know, like I, I read one, one page that had all these different beer recipes and I don't mean beer recipes from like the, the but recipes that you take like beer and then you mix it with something else. I don't know if you guys have ever had like beer in Clamato. Pretty fucking good. It, I don't even like Clamato, but someone recommended it to me. I tried it. It was pretty fucking good. Um, and then it's like, you know, mix beer with this, mix beer with that. It was it was unbelievable. Uh, I was laughing my ass off just reading the different things and where they were. And, stuff. and of course, they're telling you where in Canada these these drinks were, were you know, uh, in inspired and things like that. So it was really cool. I read a, a whole page that was quotes from, you know, Canadian actors, but, uh, but weird Canada from PortablePress.com. It's one of the bathroom reader Institute books, uh, from uncle John's absolutely hysterical. So I was having a really hard time picking what article to read because I was enjoying them all so much. So what I did was I just went with the one that was titled the same as the book. So I took the weird article, uh, weird art or sorry, weird Canada article for this one. I, I apologize to you guys. I'm really, um, I was yawning so much before I started this podcast. I was, I'm not, I wasn't dreading doing it. Cause I had, like I said, I'm excited. I have a lot to say. I, I love talking to you guys, but I'm kind of, uh, I'm high energy, but I'm low energy. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to crash soon. So I hope, uh, I hope you're still, you know, bearing with me. You're still, uh, enjoying this somewhat. Um, thanks for listening right in the middle of, uh, plugging poor portable presses, weird Canada, the article weird Canada from the edition weird Canada. Here's just some funny little things about our goofy little country in honor of Canada's 150th. So this article says crystal lakes, snow capped mountains, hockey Mounties, bilingual traffic signs, and some really, really weird news stories. So the first one is called hot cheese, Brick cheese, which is commonly used on pizzas, sells for one third of the price in the States as it does in Canada. In the fall of 2012, three men from Fort Erie, Ontario, were arrested for running an illegal cross-border cheese operation. <laughs> the idea behind their scheme was simple. They brought back, or sorry, they bought brick cheese cheaply in America and snuck it across the border and sold it in Canada. The smugglers packed cases with brick cheese and drove it across the border without paying duties on it. Authorities say the trio purchased more than $200,000 worth of food and sold it at a profit of more than $165,000. And that is a very Canadian caper. <laughs> I mean, fucking cheese smugglers. <laughs> And if you've ever been in Fort Erie, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, no hard feelings is the next article. Danny Larivière, mayor of the... Oh, mayor. I didn't read that the first time. Ah, he's a mayor. This is, he makes this even funnier. Danny Larivière, mayor of the small town of Saint-Théodore-d'Acton in Montreal, delivered a 20-ton boulder topped with a pink ribbon to his ex-wife in the summer of 2011. The enormous stone was spray-painted with the message, Happy Birthday, Issa. La Riviere jokingly compared his gift to a giant diamond ring, saying he gave Isa 18 to 24 carat tons. 
Because he owns an excavation company, La Riviere transported the rock through the town in the wee hours one Saturday using one of his front loaders. Needless to say, the split between the two has been contentious. Uh, and this one, I this one I really, really loved. Um, I got the reference way back in 1992. Maybe you will too. Who wants some stand bits? In the 1992 movie Wayne's World, Wayne and Garth hang out at a Chicago donut shop called Stan Makita's. Its subtle Tim Hortons joke likely lost on the film's largely American audience. Co-writer and star Mike Myers is Canadian and a huge hockey fan, and so very familiar with Tim Hortons, both as a hockey player and donut seller. Sorry, Tim Horton, that is, of course. Uh, Wayne's World takes place in Chicago, so the characters congregate at Stan Makita's, Makita being a legendary player for the Chicago Blackhawks in the 60s and 70s. A replica of the movie Stan Makita's was built in 1994 for the King's Dominion Amusement Park in Virginia. Sadly, it was eventually turned into a Happy Days-themed restaurant. Uh, do, 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 next article, a truly entrancing act to entertain its students at the end of the school year, Collège des Sacré-Cœur in Sherbrooke, Quebec hired a young hypnotist. Maxime Nadeau performed his act for a small group of 12 and 13 year old girls in June, 2012. His act was going well until the end. When he told the girls that the act was over, several of them remained mesmerized and couldn't snap out of it. No matter what Nadeau did, Nadeau remained calm and called his mentor, Richard Whitebread. Uh, yeah, wow, Richard Rit Whitbread, sorry, not Whitebread, Whitbread, uh, who made the hour-long trip from his home in the town of Danville to the school. Whitbread discovered that several of the girls were still under the effects of mass hypnosis. Whitbread described the girls as eyes wide open, but nobody home. To break them out of the spell, the master hypnotist made the girls think that they were being re-hypnotized and then brought them out using a stern voice. One described it as an out-of-body experience. Others who were hypnotized described the feeling like their limbs were heavy. Many felt spaced out. One question arises, are spaced out students different from the norm? That one sounds fucking weird. Like, obviously, anyone who doesn't believe in hypnotism, that seems like a really fucking weird story. Like, none of them would come out of it. Now, they're 12 and 13-year-olds. They could have been just really playing along. But the idea that he's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, I hypnotized them, and I don't know what to do. Mon Dieu! <laughs> he calls his mentor the fucking head wizard brings them down to the i just that again that's another canadian thing it's like dude you fucked up a fake thing how did you do that your fucking improv went wrong anyways there's a, a separate little story here it's just called to's very own Birdman. it's like a little i guess filler at the bottom there so Toronto's very own Birdman. In 2010, a group of scientists from the University of Toronto invented the Snowbird, an aircraft powered by human flapping. The invention is the first man-powered aircraft that requires the pilot to continuously flap wings to soar in the air. To take to the skies, a car pulls the aircraft to launch it as a pilot pumps a set of pedals. Jesus Christ, say that three times fast. As a pilot pumps a set of pedals that are attached to pulleys that cause the wings to flap. Weighing a light 94 pounds, 43 kilograms, the invention has maintained altitude for just 19.3 seconds so far. It traveled 145 meters, 476 feet, at a speed of 26 kilometers, 16 miles per hour. Todd Reichert, an engineering student who piloted a snowbird, said, uh, Throughout history, countless men and women have dreamed of flying like a bird under their own power, and hundreds if not thousands have attempted to achieve it. Uh, this represents one of the last aviation firsts. Obviously, kinks need to be ironed out before all of us are flapping our way through the skies like pigeons. Plus, Reichert admits that he had to lose 8 kilograms, a little over 17 pounds, to get the machine in the air. 
So that's the, the weird Canada article. And of course, at the bottom of each page, so this is a two-pager, we got a little bit of facts here. Norma McMillan, born in Vancouver, was the voice of Casper the Ghost and Gumby. So if you watched those as a kid or have, uh, you know, some of the vintage cartoons, that's a Canadian uh, lady who does the voice of Casper and Gumby. And finally, on the other page, we have Saskatoon comes from the Cree, Miss Sasquatomia, meaning fruit of the much wood or muck wood. It says, and it's spelled like much. So I'm going to say fruit of the muck, muck wood. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go much. Of the much, oh, it doesn't fucking matter. Anyways, the point is now you know what Saskatoon, not Saskatchewan. Saskatoon means misasquatumia, fruit of the much wood. Hey guys, and that's fucking uh, weird Canada. You know what I mean? Canada's 150th coming up this weekend. It's a fun little thing for that. You know, I'm excited, right? Aren't you? And of course, my other sponsor, Summersby. My other, I have two others, but one of my other Summers, Summersby. Today, I have been drinking, hopefully stealthily, uh, the elderflower lime version of Summersby. Mm. Oh, yeah, you hear that ice clinking? Mm-mm-mm. It is a refreshingly crisp taste can. That's the elderflower lime that I'm drinking today. Uh, absolutely delicious, guys. If you haven't tried Summersby, give it a try. It's a nice apple cider uh, that'll get you drunk. You know what I mean? You're not fucking around. Try to have some adult apple juice, right? Take the load off at the end of the day. Uh, I, I've been absolutely loving it. Like I said, I mean, uh, I, doesn't, I don't need a lot of excuse to drink this stuff. Guys, I'm thoroughly enjoying it and very, very happy with them as a partner. Uh, as I mentioned, they got a new flavor out this year, which is the red rhubarb. If you haven't tried it yet, elderflower lime, what I'm drinking today, uh, was their new flavor last year. Very, very popular, very, very successful. Um, if you haven't tried Summersby, guys, check out the mixer packs that they have. You can get a mixer pack that lets you taste all of the flavors shy of the new flavor, red rhubarb, which I'm sure you can get into your, uh, into your mixer pack next year. Give that a try, guys. They got all sorts of I actually tried something uh, the other night that, that's one of their new sort of concoctions. I don't know who came up with it, but it's called uh, a White Summer. And what that is, is uh, the Summersby, you know, parent company, I believe Carlsberg, actually has a Cronenberg 1664 Blah. If you haven't had that, it's like a white beer, which doesn't really taste like a white beer because a lot of white beers, I find them to taste kind of like heavy. But uh, this uh, this one here, uh, it's, it's nice. It's got like a really nice sort of fruity aftertaste not sweet but just fruity aftertaste and uh yeah I, I you put you put half cronenberg blanc the other half regular summer's bee it's called a white summer and i gotta tell you it is spectacular i had that last night at open mic mondays at absolute comedy and that was uh that was spectacular so if, you know try one of those out and hey guys speaking of absolute comedy partner number three let's do a little promo for them Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. And we're back. Um... Yeah, I mean, that's uh, there's a lot of great stuff going on at Absolute Comedy, and especially this month, July, right? Uh, 
kicking off Canada's 151st year the right way is uh, this year's edition of the Prove Your Comic Competition. It starts uh, as early as this coming Monday, which I believe is July 3rd. Uh, we have, yeah, it's in Ottawa and Toronto this year, um, uh, as it was last year, of course. Ottawa and Toronto, comics vying to be the next big thing. And audience votes, guys. So every... Um, you know, every every Monday through Wednesday in Ottawa, every Tuesday through Thursday in Toronto, uh, you can go out, see the show. You get to vote for your favorite comedians. Um, Kamar, our roommate here, uh, who is often posting on the Facebook links I put up, and you can hear him occasionally in the background yelling or snoring or watching TV way too loud during the recordings. <laughs> Kamar is going to be part of that competition, um, so I'm uh, I'm a little excited for him. I don't want to say I'm biased, but he's. Uh, he was my dark horse years prior and uh, and didn't quite do it. Did well, but but so close. Um, so I'm, I'm wishing him well amongst many other people. There's so many great comics in this competition, guys. Uh, and that's, of course, the Ottawa one, right? So I got I got no uh, I got no 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 dogs in the fight, no horses in the race in the Toronto one. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. So if you happen to be in Ottawa, Toronto, and you want to check out a show, you want to see some rising stars in comedies, they could be the, uh, you know, the Russell Peters of tomorrow. Um Go to absolutecomedy.ca. You'll see how that works. And, uh, and of course, I still have a season pass. If you guys listened to the episode last week with Jason, I have a season pass, which is good for uh, any shows that you want to see at Absolute Comedy this summer uh, as many times as you like, right? It's good for the rest of the summer. Um, contact at onemanpodcast.com. Let me know that you'd like that season pass. We will make it for whatever city is convenient for you, whoever wins. So if you need Ottawa, Kingston, or Toronto, let us know. We will make you a pass for that city if you're the winner. So send that in. Um, and that's uh, that's it for the sponsors right now, guys. Thank you very much for listening to that little advertisement part of the show. It keeps me going. Um, I have uh, I have some fun stuff coming up this week. I leave, uh, well, it's, yeah, no, I leave, uh, wow, in two days to go to Montreal, uh, I love going to Montreal. I will be at the Comedy Nest from Ju- sorry June 29th to July 1st, which is Canada Day. So I'm there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Check out Comedy, the I think it's ComedyNest.com or TheComedyNest.com um, and, uh, and get your tickets. I will be hosting for the very funny Mr. Moody McCarthy, who has performed on uh, a lot of the late night television shows, festivals. Uh, super, super funny guy. Great, uh, great sense of humor. So any of my Montreal people listening, uh, please come check out that show. I would love to see you. Shake your hand, say hello. And, uh, and I'm actually also doing, I've mentioned this before, the Canada Day show at Absolute Comedy here in Ottawa. But Josh, how can you be in Montreal and Ottawa at the same time? Well, I wake up Saturday morning and I drive my ass back to Ottawa. I perform at Absolute Comedy with the hysterical Jim McNally. Uh, I've also got, uh, it's hosted by Nick Burden and Kamar, who I just mentioned earlier, will be uh, featured on that show as well. So Kamar, Heather Hurst, myself, Nick Burden, Jim McNally, a wonderful show. It's only 10 bucks here in Ottawa at Absolute Comedy. It's 2, two o'clock in the afternoon, so it's over at 3.30. It doesn't take you away from any of your afternoon or evening plans. Um, and then, of course, once that show is over, I get back in a car, I drive back to Montreal, and I perform the two Saturday night shows there at the Comedy Nest. So it's going to be a busy weekend. I'm doing a lot of driving in the near future. I really should invest in some freaking, you know, car massagers and things like that, right? Just more excuse to not get off my ass and sit in the car. But uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. The Communist is wonderful. The show on Canada Day Absolute is spectacular. So if you want Canada Day show tickets here in Ottawa, uh, absolutecomedy.ca for those. Communist.com to see me in Montreal Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 
um, and and looking forward to having some you know some some good stories for you guys when I get back. So I'm really excited for that. I've only got one email this week, so I'm going to read that and uh, and then we'll get ready to wrap her up, guys. Uh, my email this week is from Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy sent in the hypothetical situation last week. He has sent me yet another one. So it seems like that's something he's having fun doing. And again, guys, I always welcome you if you want to send in emails or things like that. Please feel free to send in whatever you want. I don't care if you want to send me a hypothetical. Send me a fucking hypothetical. I'll read it. So Jimmy says to me, okay, so now you are prime minister. Do you pull a Trump and fuck shit up? Or would you make, sorry, or what would you do to make our country better? What does Canada need more of? So that's so far. Very open question, but leaves things up for a lot of things to chat about. Okay, thank you. P.S. I'm pregnant. It's yours and I'm keeping it. <laughs> it's okay. And it says the P.P.S. The pregnancy scare is for gay pride month, something they'll never get to experience. And I have to assume that by something they'll never get to experience, he means the pregnancy and not gay pride month, because I'm pretty sure they experience that all the time. Um, okay, so back to your question. Would I would I pull a Trump and fuck shit up? Um I, I would love to think that I wouldn't. I, I got to see pr prime minister is one of the fucking the worst jobs. Prime minister from anybody who's listening outside the world. That's our president. The prime minister of Canada is Justin Trudeau. Um, I don't I don't know. I mean, no, I wouldn't fuck shit up. But it's like, here, here's the thing. I mean, I'm a comedian and I try to tell jokes to make everybody happy, right? I want everyone to be happy to show. And the amount of people that are not, you can't tell jokes like that. That's fucking rude. And it's, it's, I don't, I don't even, I make fun of myself in my act and people are giving me shit. I'm, I'm punching myself in the joke. I'm not punching up or down or anything like that. I'm making fun of myself. And so the idea that like, that's really all it is, is your job as the prime minister is to make everybody happy. That's you going as a kid going, I want to be the guy that tries to make everybody happy. Right, a little insecure, codependent piece of shit, and go. I'm going to do that on a national scale. I'm going to, I'm going to do that for everybody in the country. I think you're a fucking lunatic if you if you think you can do that. Nobody's ever going to be happy, and you can't. I don't even know what what Trudeau's doing. I mean, like, I don't know if you can be. I don't know if you have to be ugly for that job or if you have to be pretty for that job. To be like, I'm the guy who's going to take care of you, because I don't believe pretty people. <laughs> I don't believe pretty people know what it's like to struggle, right? But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people who are doing well. So Johnny fucking suffers every day, right? He doesn't fucking know how to make everybody happy either. Because he's, he's just, he's like, oh, he's going to make everyone who suffer. I, it's, dude, I, I have no fucking idea what I would do as, as the prime minister. Like, what would I do to make the country better? Ban, I don't know. Jesus, I thought, ban the media. Yeah, that's what they want to do everything behind closed doors. Legalize marijuana. Just do it. Get it out of the way. Um, I would. I would open up the ability for doctors to open their own practices, like like in the sense that like like private hospitals, but not like private for like two tier. You pay it yourself. I mean, like you, you could open your own doctor's practice. You could open your own hospital. And then you bill the government for the pits so, because like just people in, in big long lineups waiting for MRIs and stuff. It's like oh, limited doctors, limited. But if you had a doctor who could just fucking work, 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 and then uh, that's Kamar coughing in the background. I can hear that in my headset. Um, cameo. Uh, yeah, if you had doctors that could that could open up their own practices and then and then you know buy an MRI machine and see as many patients as possible and then just bill the government for it. Like we would, we would have a better healthcare system. I don't really know why they don't do that, right? Because now we have to do the hospitals. There's a limited amount of hospitals, limited amount of machines. Everyone's on a waiting list, right? People die because they can't get treated in time, you know? 
just open it up, let the doctors see as many people as they want to see, and they just send the bill to the government, like an insurance thing, like like when you're a kid, you used to do the dentist thing. Now, none of those fuckers do it. I don't know. I think that helps, right? That's just encouraging everyone to be more sick and stuff. I, I don't fucking know. All I know is right now, medical is on my mind. See, that's the thing is we all focus on shit that we're close to. Like Trudeau's fucking, he's, he's putting up a bunch of grants for hairstylists, right? Because he's, he's worried about how he looks on TV. I have no idea. Uh, what does Canada need more of? I think I may have just answered that too. I think we definitely need more doctors. We need more cities. First off, stop making the ones that are already here bigger. Start putting more cities in the middle of nowhere so we have actual places to stop for gas and more places where I can perform. <laughs> more cities. We have like six major cities in this country and they're all like seven hour drives away from each other. Right? We got a little cluster Ottawa, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal on this one end. Right, Halifax on the other end. I know there's more cities. I'm not a fucking complete idiot, but the fact of the matter our country's so spread out, right? Let's fucking, you know, let's build something. I, we, you know, what we need. We just need more scenery while we're driving, right? You can't just be looking at the same fucking row of trees all the time. I like when I like. It takes me nine hours to get to Windsor, but at least there's the the wind farms outside, right? You get to see something. I'm really looking forward to this trip out at East to actually see some different kind of terrain and, and culture and stuff like that. So. I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to do that. I, I've completely changed the point. I don't, dude, I, I don't fucking know. I really don't know what I was doing. To I'm not the kind of person to be like, oh, here's what I would do. I would probably piss people off. I would, time, I would find all the people who are on TV bitching about somebody else's problems and shut them up. I'd murder them. No, I wouldn't murder them. I don't know. I'd just shut up. Fix yourself. I would, I would, I would implement yoga, mandatory yoga in the workplace, right? People just breathe fucking just relax a little bit maybe encourage everyone to take a longer look in the mirror before they start yelling at everybody else to change you know what i mean that's that dude's a tough it's a it's a good question but i don't know anyone who could answer it like the balls you would have to have to answer this question with confidence what would you do here's what i do like that's what when you look at those politicians on tv he goes here's what i'm gonna do to make the country better that person's a piece of shit whoever it is i don't care what your position is whatever the idea that you're like i know what it takes nobody fucking knows I can't do a show and make everybody happy. You're going to fucking, you're going to fix every aspect of everybody's life perfectly. Fuck you. Right. And I know that they know that, but I'm just saying that it's, it's, it's really presumptuous that you'll be able to do it and do a good job of it. I would go and be like, look, I'll, I'll try. That would be me on TV delivering my, my platform. Look, I'll fucking try, man. I mean, this, this, I'll give you guys a perfect example. This fucking podcast alone has been a giant pain in my ass. And I don't mean I'm not loving it. I'm loving it. But Every time I talk to somebody uh, that mentions it, they're like, here's what you should do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I've got conflicting things. And when I was first, first few episodes, I was trying to change it. Like I said, I'm sorry if there's times where I yammer on and it's not entertaining. But I'll tell you right now, I have no fucking idea how to make everybody happy with just this podcast or comedy or any one thing. I, can, I couldn't run a country. I could run like Fiji because I got like 12 people, right? It'd be a nice, nice beaches and stuff like that. We'd have a good time. Every now and again, I'd have to show up you know, cut the ribbon at something, you know, like a new coconut tree opens up or something in Fiji. I'd, I'd cut the ribbon for that. And I'd have to deliver a eulogy because someone gets eaten by a shark. But I'm telling you, like, you know, in terms of that, right? <laughs> I'm trying to think of what, what goes on in a small place like that. You know, cut the ribbon at the new coconut tree or, or witch doctor, right? Maybe I have to cut the neck of a, of a chicken at a fucking voodoo dance. I don't know anything about other countries. I dropped out of high school. The point that I'm making is that 
I don't think I could, I'm not equipped to run anything and certainly don't have any answers. So I hope that nobody ever asks me for one ever again. <laughs> it's not a big answer. What, how would you, that's like, dude, that's like the perfect fucking question that they should ask in parliament. What, what would you do to make this country better? Mr. Prime, Mr. Speaker, what would the prime minister do to make her country better? And, uh, and what does Canada need more of, you know? And then what's his face would get up and he'd swish his hair back out of his eyes. Uh, Mr. Speaker, blah, 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 blah. Cause that's all I ever hear, uh, when they talk. So yeah, um, I hope that that answered your question. At least Jimmy, at least it frustrated me and reminded me that I don't have any fucking answers. So thanks for writing in. Of course, if any of you guys want to write in contact at one man I would love anything, your bucket lists, your, you know, your, your hypotheticals, what you're working on, your hopes, your dreams, send them to me and I will tell the world. Um, I had mentioned a little bit earlier guys that I had something as a bit of, um, a low note and I'll, I'll end the show with that. And I, I, like I said, I mean, we talked about this, that this week, not a whole, whole lot of things going on, but, um, this is one of the things that sort of, uh, was on my mind the last, last few days. Um, uh, one of my best friends, um, Mika, his brother, Scott, uh, who's a very good friend as well. Um, and, and, you know, his family, Mika's family, Scott's family, um, I don't really know how to just get into it, so please forgive me. But um, but Scott's wife uh, Amanda was on her way home the other night. They they got married uh, last year around this time, believe it or not. Like I, I believe to the day of this incident I'm about to talk about, they got married. They had a little uh, little girl a year prior to that, and uh, Amanda was on her way home from work. She wasn't feeling well. Um, her conditions worsened and worsened, and. Um, and uh, it turned out she had uh, some heart failure, which led to some issues. Uh, they still they still don't know precisely, but um, long story short is Amanda, um, sweet, sweet woman, uh, has, has passed away. And uh, it's sudden. There's no, it's like, like those things about life. You know what I mean? Um, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, sometimes there's no answers. Um, but... Uh, but, uh, sh I mean, like I I'm not the guy who has the answers. I, I do deal with grief, um, in a different way. It's hard for me to face it in a serious manner. Um, not because it isn't serious, but just because it's, it's just a hard thing to, to process. But, um, but, but, uh, she survived of course by Scott, who we love very much. And, um, and uh, of course to the, the young, and again, out of respect, I don't really say kids names on the podcast. Um, but, uh, they have, um, they have a GoFundMe page. Um, if I could just say a side note, guys, um, if you have a family, a for starters, always, always, you know, try to try to cherish every minute with them. You can, cause again, things like this, you, you don't know what's going to happen, right? We're not guaranteed. Scott had a, a wonderful post that he put on Facebook. Someone was talking to him and he just said, Hey, when she left for work, I said, uh, I said goodbye and I love you very much. Um, and, and then a lot of us, you know, don't have the opportunity to say that. Um, so it ended, you know, the, the last words that he said to her were the absolute most important words he could have said, which, which is absolutely amazing, you know, and, 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 you know, grateful to the universe for that. Um, but yeah, they, they, they didn't have an, um, any, any life insurance for Amanda. So they are left with, uh, with some burdens, um, if I could implore any of you guys, just if you want to go to the One Man Podcast Facebook page, I did share their GoFundMe thing. Um, it'll give you a little bit more information on the story. Um, the reason I share this with you is is um, because I know that a lot of listeners are friends 
um, personal friends, you know, before comedy. And of course, all my personal friends tend to know, to know Mika and his family. So, uh, and of course, know Scott as well. So if you guys have just a second to just take a look at that, you know, and uh, if you have anything that you want to share, they're doing, they're doing reasonably well with their goal. Um, so, you know, maybe it doesn't, doesn't take a lot, but just, if you have a second to look at that, um, uh, it, it would mean a lot to, to, to me, of course, and to the family, just, um, it's just a super tragic thing. Like I, like I said, I believe she passed, I was speaking to Scott earlier today and I, I think he said that, that they, they, she passed on their one year wedding anniversary. Um, which is, which is crazy tragic. I mean, and there's no words, there's no words, you know what I mean? Um, so, uh, I, I, that's why I said, I didn't really want to talk. I mean, I didn't want to not say this. I wanted to share if there's anything that any of you can do to, uh, like I said, just to, to help out a little bit. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very grateful. And of course I know the family is, is infinitely grateful. Um, I, I share only because I, I care about them very much, but mostly, you know, the main thing that I want to share with you guys more than anything else is, is nothing's guaranteed. Um, you know, I talked a few weeks ago about my, my fears and things like that and, and how I'm worried that any minute that can happen, it, it can happen. Um, we're not, we're not guaranteed anything, you know? So, um, I love all of you guys. I love you and I, I appreciate you listening. I care about each and every one of you. Sounds like I'm Oprah right now, but at the end of the day, right? All kidding aside, you know, I, I appreciate all of you guys being in my life and, and who knows, you know, maybe, maybe someday soon, you know, one of us isn't going to be here. And, and, you know, it's, it's not guaranteed. So just, I'll take this second as, as lame as it may seem, it may seem, uh, you know, somebody goes, that's the gayest thing I've ever heard. Hey, it's pride month. Let me say it. Um, I love you guys. Um, all of you who take the time to reach out and who are listening, spending any time at all with me, just listening to me talk about, you know, what's going on with me. Um, I appreciate that. You know, um, it means a lot to me and, uh, and I hope, I hope that, you know, we're all here for a lot longer. Um, so yeah, if you have a second to just take that, uh, take a look at that, that GoFundMe page. Um, I'm just sending, uh, sending good vibes to my friend, Scott, who, uh, you know, who's got a, a little girl now that, uh, fuck. I'd so, I'm so happy to say it, but guys, you know, it's just, it's sad. A little, the little girl's going to grow up without her mommy. So, and that's, uh, that's fucked up. But, uh, Hey, let's pick it up for next week. Eh? <laughs> I really, I really, listen, I hope a fucking piano falls falls on me in a comical way or something this week. I don't want to fucking die, but you know, I, I, I hope some really goofy shit happens this week that I can really lighten it up next week. I'm, I'm sorry for the, the heaviness again. I, I want to say thank you so much to the RCMP. Um, I really appreciate coming up for that. I'm really looking forward to the Halifax trip. And of course, seeing uh, all you guys in Montreal and in Ottawa on Canada day. Um, thank you for listening to the one man podcast. Um, if you're fans of the show, like I said, you can find us on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all at one man podcast. And, uh, in the meantime, guys, like I said, you know, take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening. Um, share your stuff with me. You know, uh, I, I, I'm sorry for the downer stuff guys, but, but I love you. I'll be back with some funny shit next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.